1: And the new WWE Champion have a winner take all match
0: here tonight. Challenge accepted.
1: When it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and Waiting. The 18 that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's Rewind A-Raw for Monday night, a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's Rewind around for Monday night on USA. Now on the John and Waiting, the mic. Hello, everybody, welcome to Rewind A-Raw. I'm John Pollock, along with Waiting. We have returned to Toronto. And watch another three hours of professional wrestling. Wei, are you still... I was going to ask if you're still standing. I doubt you're standing right now. Are you still functioning? I am sitting at a stool at my standing desk. How about that? Oh,
0: okay. So partially standing. Kind of. I might stand in the in the middle of this review at some point. Yeah. But I am... Uh, uh I'm good. I'm good. I had a nice hour and a half nap after I came back. I'm Ready. very jealous. Well, um, maybe you can sleep in tomorrow.
1: <laughs> maybe. Yeah, we'll see. I'm actually okay. It's uh it was a very uh, late night, early morning for us, but I uh I'm actually not that tired, to be quite honest. It's been a, it's been a lengthy day, but uh mm-hmm. here we are. So uh we did make our way home on on Monday and Braden and Davy actually went to Raw tonight, so they got to uh, experience Dean Ambrose's big send-off and a historical title versus title match. So we'll get into all of that great stuff. Uh but wait, where do you want to start right now? Any news? Oh, uh, we've got we've got lots of news
0: uh okay. that we can go over. Do you want to start with that? Actually, you know what? I I sorry, I got, I'm just jumping
1: back into the swing of things. We we have to give away a shirt. Oh, that's right. Let's start with that. Let's let's get right back into the swing of things by giving away Something free. Yeah. That's yeah. always fun.
0: Okay, let's go to the Post Wrestling Cafe, where we give away an item from the store every single week. Store.postwrestling.com. And I think we will give out another combo pack this week, which consists of a Post Wrestling t-shirt, a sticker, some stickers, a signed postcard, maybe even a coffee sleeve, if we have any lying around. So, John?
1: All right. We're going to... Roll the tumbler and the first one, that that one, right near the top. Okay, congratulations to Oh man. Um You don't have to give it to them if you don't want to.
0: No, I just um having trouble uh loading this thing. Um Okay, uh one
1: one more time, please. Okay, let's keep rolling the tumbler. All the names, all the members of the cafe that are eligible to win each and every week. We had uh, many new subscribers over the past week, and Way has grabbed someone's name, and that name is... Okay,
0: congratulations to Justin McGrew from Mount Vernon, Indiana. That guy. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, congratulations, Dustin. Did I say Justin or Dustin? You said Justin. I meant Dustin. I Dustin. I'm really messed up right now. so uh, It's okay. Congratulations to D- Dustin. And uh, If ever
1: there was a show that people will give us a pass, maybe it's this one. Yeah, that's right. So
0: congratulations, Dustin. I also wanted to mention, thank you to everybody who uh, uh, came to, of course, our live Q&A and purchased one of our exclusive t-shirts from the Post Wrestling store. Uh, we have a few remaining, and I think I'm gonna throw those up onto the store right now. So store.postwrestling.com. If you don't see it there yet, just send me a message if you happen to be interested in one of these exclusive, limited to only 50 printed, uh, post wrestling live in New York designs
1: created by Robert Pearson. So I'm just uh putting the word out there. These are these shirts really look cool. I will say, uh, I'm I guess I'm biased, but I think they look really really nice. They're great. Yeah. He's a he's an excellent illustrator and a very great producer as well. Yes. And also uh a great uh passenger in in the car. Yeah, yeah. Um
0: the people when we came back from um WrestleMania, we we had a ride that was actually organized by, by Robert. And so we were in a car with three other people, uh Caitlin and Tyler, and they were incredibly respectful of not talking about WrestleMania so that John and I could save our conversation for the show, because uh they knew that we would have to, you know, talk about it with each other when we got back to the hotel. So we kind of ruined their experience, I would say, after um go leaving WrestleMania. Um so thank you for the sacrifice.
1: Yes, they were they were wonderful. I now know that when I go to the Aqua concert, I'm gonna be telling my uh, similarly aged friends that, when cartoon heroes starts blaring, I'm gonna say, "Is a bop, it's a bop,
0: it's a bop, <laughs> is I a bop." Didn't, yeah, I didn't know
1: what that meant. is <laughs> a bop. I S S A. Yes. O P. I was really, I was really fascinated by this. Yeah, it's a bop. I felt like I, I came out of there with like a whole new vernacular as as a result. None of which I'm going to try out in the real world. I think I would just be crucified by people. But you nonetheless, it.
0: you just did. Well, I tried.
1: I, did. I tried. I tried. I put it out there. Uh, so, yes. Uh, thank you again um, to everyone that showed up on Sunday. We were just blown away by the turnout uh, from everybody on Sunday. And that show will be coming out on Friday. If you are a member of the Post Wrestling Cafe, that will be our Friday release. So you can look forward to that. A 90-minute Roughly 90-minute Q&A with myself and Way at the Broadway Comedy Club, a stage that has hosted the likes of Rosie O'Donnell, uh, Howard Stern, Chris Rock. Howard Stern was, what, did stand-up? I I was looking at some of the photos, and I think he did something, some live show from there, unless they just bought memorabilia that was not actually attached to it. But this is like a, a very old comedy club in New York, so... Yeah, when I went, anyway. or so when we went, and I'm sure like the people- Mark Curry, who, hanging with Mr. Cooper. I saw some photos of him on wow, that stage. Wow,
0: Howard Stern and Mark Curry. Holy shit, what hallowed halls. But I'll tell you, when I walked down the stairs of that building, they had like these little- I guess they really wanted you to know who played there, or who like- you would assume played there, because there were like these like drawings of like famous comedians- like Jerry Seinfeld, like uh, Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock. Um, Waiting. No, I wasn't there. Um, or they could just be drawings. Like they could just be like, "Hey, this person's a comedian. Let's draw <laughs> them on the wall." Um, it was an interesting venue, and I'm glad I. I well, we visited it again this morning, didn't we?
1: Yes, so last night, wayne and I got back to the hotel at roughly, what would you say, 2.30 or so in the morning? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We believe me, we're going to get into it in the news. We hardly uh, got it uh, difficult getting out of MetLife Stadium well, compared lucky. to others. We had a ride. Uh, it was not that bad because others were stranded. But we got a ride, got back to the hotel, and... We went to sit down to do the podcast around three in the morning, and Wei wanted to set up the camera, because we were going to do, it wasn't going to be live video, but we were going to record a video version of it. Uh, And Wei cannot find the web camera that he has recently purchased. And Way, you were very concerned about this. I, I could, I was too, but... I I really felt bad for you because I know what that feeling is like and and I felt bad for you. Mhm.
0: Yeah, well I mean I'm I'm usually very careful about the things that I I carry around uh I'm I I try to pack everything very um carefully and I brought this webcam to the comedy uh show thinking or to the co- uh co- comedy club thinking that I I might use it. I ended up not using it, but you know going back to the to the uh hotel. I think I think you know anyone it, my biggest fear was just like that I left something, and when I tried to account for everything, I almost had everything except for this webcam, which really didn't come cheap. It's what we use for the cafe hangout every single week. It's what we use for our uh, post wrestling pay per view post shows, and so um, I more more con- you know I was more concerned about how and what time we would even have to go and retrieve it. First of all, finding out where it was, figuring out what time and and how we would be able to get it because our flight was just the next day like several only a few hours away. So, I couldn't find him in the hotel. At this point I was just like, "Man, uh I guess I'll just call them in the morning." So, we did our show and then um I woke up the next morning and tried to call. No answer from the Broadway Comedy Club.
1: Uh they weren't open yet. So, um we were Nor did up- I feel that there w- we were going to walk over there, but it's Monday. At noon, at a comedy club, I did not think that there was going to be uh, anyone inhibiting this uh, this venue. But we were going to go check in. Anyway. Well, I had to try. Cause, yeah, of course. Because of course.
0: Not, not doing it would have been a huge hassle. Like, I don't know how I would have been able to try to retrieve it. Just tracking them down on the phone would have been a, a nightmare. And then trying to organize, like, somebody from here to, like, send it back to us. That's It's just a mess. So... We, I couldn't even answer the door. I was like, you know, we're walking through Manhattan with our suitcase and my big, thick <laughs> Toronto jacket. Um, I'm sweating. And we're like, you know, pretty late for the, for the, for our, um the, the airport. So we paid for this very expensive Uber to drive from Manhattan to the, to Newark. And um, I just, I was just in a shitty mood. I don't know if you could
1: tell. I could definitely tell. Uh, And I just want to give you your space. Cause I, I, I totally understood that, A, you were exhausted, as was I. Like, we went to sleep, like, 6 a.m. or so. And on top of that, you've now got this thing to deal with as well. So I kind of just – I tried to just not uh, bother you.
0: (laughs) Well, to make it worse, we get to to Newark, and uh, we're flying with, like, this airline, Porter. And usually I check in. We have our – Oh, this uh, part. Yeah. Yeah. We have our carry-on baggage, and we just – great. Okay, we'll get the carry-on baggage to go. Somehow this person sees my carry-on baggage and asks to weigh my carry-on baggage. And um, I I guess, uh, you know, carrying a set of mics and all this other shit, um, (laughs) we were well over our limit. So, forced to pay $30 per bag,
1: both John and I. Oh, no, no, no. It was $40 per bag. $40? Dude, it was $39 per bag. So, everybody. So, listen to me. So, so right now,
0: I've lost a very expensive (laughs) web camera. I've had to pay now $70 for an Uber ride instead of taking the PATH train and a regular subway which would have cost us I don't know $12 <laughs> each and now we're out $40 each due to this fucking uh carry-on weight limit. So I at this point I was I was, like, I was furious
1: at this woman it was cuz when we when we go into the plane they're just taking people's regular luggage like it has drives me nuts. It, ha- it has nothing to do with the weight. This extra weight is not going to cause the plane to go down. It's just simply we're going to come up with an arbitrary number. And once you go over that number, profit time for us or else you can't fly, you morons. And it's just it's just such a it's just such a total gouging. Like, it's not like you're paying per pound that goes over because there's some inconvenience uh, in, incurred by the airline. It's just, we're just going to make up this number. It's still going on the plane. The, the This exact luggage is going on. Whether it's one pound over or a thousand pounds over, we're going to, not a thousand pounds. But you get my point. They're putting it on the plane. So why yeah. don't you just say $100 per bag? Like, they might as well. Uh so well, it's like, someplace, I'm, someplace. I'm totally at your mercy. Our flight's about to take off in a half hour. So I have no other option. And mine is way over as well. My I then, <laughs> I go to, I put on my suitcase and it's like, the cutoff is 10 pounds, they say. Mine's like 14, 15. So I put my knapsack down to see, well, if that one's under, I can shift weight over. And I put that one down. It's going over 10 pounds. So I just lift my knapsack up before she can see the weight. And I said, oh, I guess, I guess I'll just keep this. And (laughs) I'm just like, I'm not paying for this one too. So ha ha ha. I won that one. Yeah. I technically had one over that I did not pay for but.
0: Okay. Yeah. Anyway. So I get on this plate, John and I, like we sit down and eat and it was just like, I was steaming pretty much from like just the whole day. I ordered a ginger ale. I just was just drinking my ginger ale, eating my salad, just the most sad salad, ginger ale lunch of all time. And then we get on the plane. I'm like still kind of miserable. But the good thing is whether or not there was turbulence this time and whether or not we almost died, I couldn't even tell because I was I was just out from from the moment we sat down. Was there? It it, wasn't too bad of a flight. Okay. so we get there um, just, you know, get an Uber back from the airport to our place. Uh, drop John off and then I'm like alright whatever I'm gonna go home maybe I try to call the comedy club one last time still no answer so that's just you know I have to deal with that at some point I'm just trying to make mental plans then I get a FaceTime message from John Pollock and John Pollock nobody in my life ever FaceTimes me <laughs> it's just this is not just not a thing I've ever ever used uh, I've certainly never had one from John, who barely even—you don't even call me. You're it's just very like, rare I ever call away. So much what, like I've never Facetimed you. So why would would all of a sudden this guy Facetime me? I'm thinking, did he but Facetime me? You know, did he do this by accident? And then so John's in Facetime. I'm still in the Uber at this point. I'm like, what? Well, hey, what's up? He's like, the reason if I'm Facetiming you, I have a very good reason to do so. I'm like, <laughs> what is it? John, John points the camera inside his bag, revealing my fucking webcam,
1: which was in his bag this entire time. Dude, it had been in there, obviously, since Saturday. I don't know when it was put in there, but I went to WrestleMania with that thing in my bag. I mean, I'm I'm very lucky because that bag was just sitting in like my media section, which I left – Multiple times throughout the night at WrestleMania, this like expensive camera. Um, no, I'm just a- glad it was actually okay. And because I had no idea it was there, I don't even know how it got put in there. I think you because we were probably
0: packing the stuff for, for the live show on Saturday night, so that's probably when it went into your bag because I, I need right. some, but I also feel like I asked you, Hey, like, is this thing in your bag?
1: Uh, John <laughs> I don't said- remember.
0: You- And John said, no, I don't think so. So anyway, I'm glad we got it. I'm glad we got it. You know what? Whatever. Uh, Check bag, fine. Uber to the airport. uh, Let's splurge a little. That's fine. The the webcam was the most important thing because it means we we can do the cafe hangout this Thursday.
1: And that is uh, what will happen. Uh, So (laughs) camera has been retrieved. And speaking of the cafe hangout, this week, uh, late breaking news live at 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern this Thursday. We're going to be joined by Benno. Really?
0: Wow, excellent. Perfect. Yes, cool. he
1: did some great reports for us over the weekend, going through the highlights. He watched so much stuff from WrestleMania week. I thought it'd be great to come on, uh, have him come on to talk a little bit about uh, the week as a whole, uh, some of the highlights that maybe uh, you and I didn't get to see. So we'll chat with Benno, kind of a uh, uh, a look back a, a at debriefing. WrestleMania week.
0: Yeah, a postmortem a mm-hmm. week uh awesome i'm uh, looking forward to that i've never spoken to benno in, in person or
1: via phone before well uh tune in thursday everyone if you are maybe. a double double ice ice cap or espresso member uh, you can watch that live on thursday 3 p.m eastern time we're back to our normal time this week and then that will also be up uh friday for everyone else maybe we'll facetime him <laughs> oh man we can uh we can get adventurous Uh, Tuesday night, we'll have Rewind to SmackDown with the WWE's final night in Brooklyn. And uh, this week, we're going to do the double shot on a special Wednesday night uh, because uh, we have the WWE Hall of Fame uh, that we are going to review. And also, since the fact we're doing it Wednesday night, I'm going to chat about the first episode of the Viceland series on Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth because it premieres on Wednesday. So I'll chat about that as well on Wednesday's double shot. Yeah, sounds great. Uh, And then what else do we have this week? We have the Q&A show that will go up on Friday for all the patrons out there. And then uh, up next, we'll also be out on Thursday with Braden and Davey. Uh, If they have survived New York, they will have a show on Thursday. And uh, this weekend, there's a UFC pay-per-view. So Sunday morning, there will be a UFC 236 post show uh, with Phil Chertok and myself reviewing that card, which features two interim title fights, including Max Holloway taking on Dustin Poirier and Israel Adesanya versus Kelvin Gastel. So all of that stuff to look forward to this week at postwrestling.com and postwrestlingcafe.com. And uh, thanks to everybody that uh, tuned into all of our coverage over the past couple of days. We got a lot of compliments over it. And for those that are new members to the Post Wrestling Cafe, uh, welcome aboard. Uh, We hope you enjoy uh, what is to come this month and beyond. So let's move on to the news. There was quite a lot of it coming out of uh, WrestleMania and WrestleMania uh, weekend. Let's start with Ronda Rousey because I was surprised. I thought we'd get something on Raw and uh, there was really nothing. Uh, Dave Meltzer reported on Sunday night that she suffered uh, what sounds like a serious uh, broken hand, a broken right hand, uh, which occurred during the match where she was apparently delivering some punches and suffered the injury and Becky Lynch somewhat uh confirmed this because she made reference to ronda breaking her hand uh in a twitter post over the uh over the course of the day so no presence from ronda rousey on raw um i did hear about the finish to this match so we were discussing this last night and what i was told um by someone in, uh, in the company was that at one point there was the idea to do a submission finish And then ultimately they went with the pinfall finish. And Ronda's shoulders were supposed to be down. So that wasn't – it wasn't executed properly. Uh, I was definitely thrown off by the fact the announcers called attention to it. And it certainly left you with the idea that it was going to be a disputed finish uh, leading to something else. Um, But I was told no. It wasn't – it was supposed to have her shoulders down. So that was uh, just a hiccup in how it was executed. So that is – Kind of how the how the finish went down. A little strange, especially with the announcers uh, shining a light on it. Uh, but now with Ronda having the, this broken hand, uh, it it would seem way that now is the time that she's probably going to take this sabbatical. Although you would think maybe they would have wrapped something up tonight and explained that. But there was really no follow-up.
0: Mm-hmm, no, none. Um, I, I suppose if you're going to have Ronda Rusty break her hand at any point, this would be the best time if she was going to be taking taken off anyway and the the whole thing with the shoulder certainly perhaps is just indicative of maybe experience level you know something that I, I, I don't think would have happened with a more seasoned performer I have to say you know for a big moment like that in a Wrestlemania finish but at the same time it's done and thankfully it's a mistake that I feel is very conducive to
1: a rematch like You can certainly play off of it. Like, it's it's one thing about in professional wrestling that even mistakes can be gifts for the future, that you take something and you can uh, make something out of it. And I know that you you brought up the WrestleMania 14, uh, Austin beating Shawn Michaels when we were discussing stuff. Like, people remember – like, that was a big crowning moment for Austin. And, like, Mike Tyson kind of blew that with, like, the fast count, if you remember. Right. And that was – you know, that ultimately it wasn't uh, detrimental in any way. Um, sometimes you have people that uh, it, finishes aren't as smooth as as often. And you're right. They could certainly down the road, set up this rematch now. And Rhonda has uh, a reason for that rematch playing off of this. Um, AJ Styles was supposed to do a access signing on Monday, uh, but was pulled from that signing. And uh, I did hear from someone that he, he has gone home. So, uh, not expecting him to be on SmackDown on Tuesday night. Um, I did reach out to the WWE to confirm if it was an injury. Uh, they have not gotten back to us. I know that Dave Meltzer has since reported um, that it is injury related, but that's the latest on AJ Styles. I, you know, we don't know really uh, specifics on it. But you know, for those that um, did uh, go for this, it was one of those VIP signings. The replacement these fans got was Kofi Kingston, and I think that's a really that's a great make good a hundred percent
0: yeah like to me he came out of that show being the hottest person in the industry and uh i i understand if you're upset not getting aj styles but i think kofi is perhaps the best replacement you could have had
1: i find that to be like really impressive on the wwe's point this is the day after wrestlemania this is monday like early monday you've got to go out and do this appearance like probably You've just done all this media this week, all this stuff around town, um, you know, to go out the day after mania, you've got to do raw that night. Um, you know, I, I think they, you know, given this issue that was uh, going above and beyond, I would say for a replacement. I think so too. So let's, uh, let's talk about the other side of the coin. And that was this uh, disaster for people getting out of MetLife stadium on Sunday night. So we got to kind of experience this firsthand and see the insanity, uh, including one gentleman on his phone who I, I just thought that uh, this man was going to combust in front of us. So what happened was uh, the New Jersey transit, uh, they put out a statement about all the people that were stranded. Uh, and it also was in the rain, New Jersey transit. Uh, this is from NJ.com in New Jersey, New Jersey transit blamed WrestleMania's 12 30 AM end time. When it said, uh, which it said was two hours later than the planned 10:30 p.m. end time, which immediately—who in their right mind—who could possibly have believed WrestleMania was ending at 10:30 p.m.? Is there not one WWE follower at New Jersey Transit? Um, well, why would WWE even say that? Then it, it's like it was an absolutely impossible end time. Like I find that to be very strange. Like there was no way the show was going to be over. At 10.30 p.m. It was never going to be time to be ending that early. Um, So they go on to say that uh, because of federal regulations, the agency was not able to have train employees work overtime to staff additional trains. And uh, so they were facing a lot of heat from this. WWE officials said mega events don't run on a schedule like a train. The WWE issued this statement. Just like other sports and entertainment events, we do not advertise an end time. That is strange because that's completely um, counter to what they they were stating that they were told of a 1030 p.m. end time and the end time was extended. So it seems like there was some massive communication issues here between the New Jersey transit system and the WWE and the governor way. The governor of New Jersey got involved here. Phil Murphy, uh, who kind of took the New Jersey transit to task here and citing that the. Uh, A lot of the people who were stranded here, they were not being communicated to, and he was pretty much saying that this was a – they were making excuses here, and this cannot ever happen again, and he was pretty upset about this this whole issue. But, man, if you have seen some of the photos of the people that were waiting for Ubers or Lyfts and just trying to get out of here, for those trying to get into New York, it was a disaster, and on top of that, they're stuck in the rain, and this was just a – um logistical disaster, i would say how terrible, how terrible i mean uh i i i
0: didn't think it would get that bad, you know by the time we got out of there and we had a ride, it was already pretty late, but um for the people that were waiting for public transit or even uh a cab um it's a real problem you know um uh, but do you do, do you think w w e takes any uh you know, uh, would they change as a result of any of this? Because coming out of this show, the biggest
1: criticisms from everybody I've heard
0: is just the length. Is this something I,
1: I've thought about? I've thought about this a lot today. I, I think we should definitely talk about it further on Thursday uh, with Benno Is kind of the structure of WrestleMania. I I feel that we're at a point where this. I just don't think you can continue at this level. I think it's such a detriment to the show. Uh, and then you're talking. I, I don't think that this uh, transit issue is something that's going to be indicative. I, I think that it was just a colossal series of events uh, occurring. But, you know, to, to for such a big event and you have this 1 a.m. cutoff and yet the show is ending at 1225, like, how is this not all prepared ahead of time? And this long, like, it was fans that ultimately had to pay for this marathon show. And I just don't know if... Like, I do feel we're at a breaking point here where I think that some solution needs to be made. And I'm not saying it necessarily has to be the two-day event that everyone is talking about. But at the very least, it's when you're talking about cutoff times for, for subways and people getting stranded. And it's just every year. And it's been going on for years and years now. That is the consistent complaint of the show just being so long and it i guess it's a question of the does wwe really concern themselves with that criticism when we know that we are going to do phenomenal business every single year for this event and we'll just we'll take the complaints they're just that it's audiences that are ultimately still going to watch this show as many hours as we put out every single year
0: yeah the other big issue coming out of uh, i would say the entire weekend including tonight was the issue of the lights shining on uh, members of the audience, and this... It
1: continued on Raw. I got a tweet from someone who... It wasn't as bad, it wasn't as long as the other night, but it happened on Raw, too. Well, I mean, it's the same setup as what we had at TakeOver, isn't it?
0: Just from Barclays. So, I don't know if right. it's just simply because their lighting rigs are set up for other venues that are different from what what Barclays or WrestleMania seem to, seem to offer, but... Uh, this problem persisted and it's been actually a problem for years now but this year i've've i've heard more kind of vocal complaints about it than ever and um I, it's really unfortunate and I feel like something definitely should be addressed it, in this section as well and I was just uh, perusing squared circle on uh, reddit and some fa- uh, somebody listed up uh, just a just an email that um people affected would be able to at least try to you know let wwe know that something was wrong. In many cases, I guess they offer things like free tickets and whatnot. I don't. I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily, you know, uh,
1: a hey, it's like I had a horrible live event experience. We'll give you another live event experience. I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily I mean, what they want. It's almost like I'd rather just watch this at home. I would have enjoyed WrestleMania more. Yeah, but if you are one of those affected, try emailing
0: fanservices at wwe.com or fanservices at wwecorp.com. Either one of those. And hopefully um maybe you'll get.
1: And that. if you get a response, please let me know. Mm-hmm. I would love to know what the, how they handle these issues because there, there was quite a lot of them this weekend between the, the different events. It seemed to be um the most that I've heard about the, these, this lighting issue that was a real problem for many people that were at these events. Uh Quickly, uh, Batista announced his retirement on Monday. That probably comes as no surprise. I think everyone realized that uh, this was going to be his swan song uh, at WrestleMania. Uh, he put up a statement on his Instagram account, and yeah, uh, you know, I, I think I think we kind of summarized all our thoughts on the match. But uh, any any kind of concluding thoughts on the career of Dave the Deacon Batista?
0: Um. I, th- I mean, not honestly, not so much. I feel like you know when, when kind of like everything's done, he might be at the point now where he'll be less remembered for his wrestling accomplishments and more for his Hollywood accomplishments. Um, so I'm, I, I don't see why he would want to come back. I mean, he had this big match with Hunter. It was not very good. He, this is two runs now where he's come back, and I would all in all say that they were disappointing both times. So uh concentrate on your acting you're 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 far more successful uh in in those realms right now you're probably making a whole lot more money too and uh um you know he'll do the hall of fame one of these years yeah, maybe even
1: next year Certainly
0: I th- you know seeing that rea- um seeing the match of course but seeing you know his plans for retirement so soon after I mean I really just didn't think that match was worth going 25 minutes for um Just knowing his age and knowing Hunter's age and just how, how I don't know, how shitty the match really was in person. And it's on the same card when you have so many other people that I think are are on that roster. Uh, Batista versus Triple H certainly didn't mean that much in the grand scheme of things. And I would say overall prolonged um, the card,
1: the already very bloated card. And finally here New Japan has put out their cards for April and into May including the wrestling Dontaku cards. Uh n- most notable is that Hiroshi Tanahashi suffered an elbow injury and he's going to be off the tour in April and off the Dontaku cards. They also mentioned Tenzon is also off for the same amount of time and they haven't listed when either man will be back. So uh, especially uh Tanahashi will be one to watch uh of how banged up uh, he is with this injury so th- there's a number of big shows coming up there is a april 20th card that's going to be happening in nagoya and that's going to be headlined by kota abushi versus Zack sabre jr for the intercontinental title which is uh coming off of the new japan cup when Zack sabre jr eliminated abushi plus that card will have juice robinson against bad luck Fale for the united states title There's a card April 26th in Hiroshima, headlined by Roppongi 3K, defending against Shingo Takagi and Bushi. Then on April 29th, which is a Monday, uh, they're in Kumamoto with Jay White versus Hiroki Goto and a tag title match with the Gorillas of Destiny against Toriyano and Togi Makabe. And then the Dantaku cards are May 3rd and 4th. Uh, The big matches are Night One, Dragon Lee versus Taiji Ishimori, which is the main event for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. A rare instance where the Junior Heavyweight title is going to be headlining, and that should be a Dynamite match. Plus, you have Jeff Cobb versus Taichi, and Okada and Tomohiro Ishii taking on Sonata and Evil. And Saturday... May 4th, it's Kazuchika Okada versus Sonata for the IWGP Heavyweight title, and Tomohiro Ishii versus Evil in a singles match. So lots of big New Japan cards coming up over the next month, and Jeff Cobb certainly in the mix as well. I think it's really important to
0: freshen things up with new new people. Um, you know, the New Japan mix is just really good, and anytime you put a bunch of those names together, you're going to get great matches, but... I it it it'll it's going to feel stale. I mean it already has started to feel stale. Like you mentioned some of some of the, the the matches I'm looking forward to a lot of them but like I feel like I've seen a lot of these matches before and I feel like I will see them uh, coming up in the G1 and things like that. So I think the introduction of a name like a Jeff Cobb um or Dragon Lee to into more um that's that's that'll be uh in the mix I think is really important. And I would tell them to even do more of that. Bring more other, uh, names that aren't within your system.
1: All right, let's go into Raw, because this is a big show. Barclays Center, the night after WrestleMania. And the show began, and I thought that the first casualty of Raw was going to be Michael Cole's voice. He sounded terrible. He sounded terrible going off the air, and it had not recovered by Monday night. But the man powered through and did a three-hour broadcast. He's just a machine.
0: Yeah, I wondered. I mean, I'm sure it was considered whether or not he would even do this show. Um, knowing the conditions, was, was Tom Phillips that busy? Um, oh my god, I would have just
1: given this this poor guy the night off. Maybe they like, wanted to save man. him too for tomorrow. I
0: guess so. But you know, well, Cole, uh, you know, they probably they obviously deem Cole good enough to to perform. And yeah, it was fine.
1: He he ended up being fine. But when he did the opening, I thought I do not want to hear this for three hours because he sounded really badly. I just felt bad for him. But you know, he he settled in and ended up being okay. Seth Rollins came out to start the show. He recapped the match from WrestleMania, and the crowd chants, You deserve it. He corrected them. We deserve it. He says he feels terrible today after the beating that Lesnar gave him, but he took everything Lesnar had, and he used some questionable tactics, but nothing that Lesnar wouldn't have done himself. The crowd chanted, Full-time champ! Full-time champ! I hope that's a t-shirt. He says he heard that Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman were flying to Las Vegas for meetings, And he says, well, they can stay in Las Vegas because he's the fighting champion everyone can be proud of. And then the New Day's music plays, and Kofi Kingston gets a hero's welcome as he comes out with Big E and Xavier Woods. They talk about the shakeup happening next week, and they brought up Brock Lesnar, who the crowd booed. And then Xavier Woods introduced Kofi as the new WWE champion while Big E did the splits. And this got one of the biggest pops of the entire night. I've never seen him do the splits um,
0: on TV, I didn't know a man that big could do the split, but uh, he he's obviously very talented and very flexible. Wow, yes, this seemed to really yes. crack up the other members of the team, too. Like, they oh,
1: like, they everyone was broken in the ring watching this, and it was great. They weren't expecting I, it. I'm about an hour into the Hall of Fame, Xavier Woods. Uh, all three members of the New Day are in the front row. Biggie and Xavier Woods are so funny like they're on the they're facing the hard camera and man they are so funny they come out honky tonk man is is uh, playing a song and they're just dancing and man just having the greatest time they were they have been the highlight so far uh, in the background of the Hall of Fame
0: I'll check that out
1: so Kofi brings up the women having their winner-take-all match last night, so he suggests him and Rollins have their own winner-take-all match tonight. Rollins accepts. The place goes nuts. It's title versus title tonight.
0: Yeah, yeah. um, (laughs) You know, this is the type of match that I think you usually reserve for, uh, I suppose, a Survivor Series. Ideally, you reserve it for something as big as WrestleMania, but uh, I think... uh, to me, like, I think I've seen enough of these shows to know that the, this was just a bit of a a, a bait-and-switch tactic to get me to tune into the end of the show.
1: Oh, this was a heavy-handed bait-and-switch. I mean, they weren't even going to tease you with anything later, but we'll get to that. So that would be the the show-long promotion around title versus title. One of these men will leave with two titles tonight. The match, uh, the show started with Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins defending the Raw Tag Titles against The Revival. And... Uh, very similar to to the layout of the match on Monday, where or on Sunday, where they got the advantage on Hawkins for a long time. Uh, the revival hit the heart attack. Maybe they're going to start uh, working in Bret Hart spots into their matches. I'm waiting for the headlock and punch. I know. Yeah. Uh, certainly, they should be uh, bringing back that T-shirt of theirs. Yes. Ryder hit the Brosky boot to both. Uh, Hawkins was selling his hamstring, but it turned out he was just playing possum to catch Wilder with a cradle for a two count. Uh, they did a spot where, um, Dawson hit a vertical suplex on the floor to Hawkins and then Wilder lifted him up on his shoulders like a torture rack and Dawson came off with a knee strike onto Ryder. They hit the shatter machine to Ryder, but Hawkins is the legal man and he comes from behind schoolboys Dawson, uh, to get the surprise victory at 10 minutes and 12 seconds. Um, so they're going to just do probably the the underdogs winning as to kind of, as, as long as they're going to go with this joke of Hawkins and Ryder now going on a mini winning streak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we shall see, you know, outside
0: of New York, how this plays. Uh, I wasn't even that impressed with the reaction here, to be honest with you. Like, I think it was cute. Maybe one This time. one was
1: actually in New York, unlike WrestleMania.
0: Yeah, well, yeah.
1: But I I, I just... uh. I feel like they
0: haven't really kind of played up the characters enough. I don't think Kurt, Kurt uh what is it? Kurt what's his name? Kurt Hawkins is I don't know, as endearing to the audience as maybe he he could be um with this a losing streak gimmick like this. Overall, I just kind of sense a, a a bit of apathy for for even something like this, but that's pretty typical for the tag team division, unfortunately.
1: Mike Rome introduced Baron Corbin, going over all his past accomplishments, and Corbin came out, and he had a ton of heat from this crowd. Lots of chants of "asshole." Corbin says that Angle didn't deserve to be in the same ring as him. These are dirty New Yorkers, and he proved he's better than an Olympic gold medalist. I do think that Corbin playing like this smug villain, like I, I do think he he does a good job at being this this hated figure. Um, I think it's ultimately whether you see a, a lot of value in this particular guy as, as a top end heel, but y- you can't deny that. I think that he has, he has a very good demeanor that I think works.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you don't agree, do you? I, I, I But i you know, no, I, I do agree, but I also feel like everybody, like to me, that's not that impressive because I feel like many wrestlers have that.
1: Many wrestlers. Oh, I, I think that there's absolutely like there. My biggest issue with Corbin is just that, you know, he's being given a, a lot. This is the guy that gets to claim. He defeated Kurt Angle in his retirement match. And I just, I ultimately see a ceiling for Corbin. Whereas if this had been three months of story for a Kevin Owens, that's a guy I can see being a main event level heel. And Corbin, I think there's only so far you can go with him that it's, it's a great gift that he's got in terms of getting this this program with Angle, but I just don't feel it's it's one that you can ultimately maximize the value of what that of what that win can be.
0: Yeah, I think that's the problem is the fact that he is somebody who's been being given such a big role on a show um, that many people perhaps feel uh, should go to somebody maybe more talented, you know, maybe more captivating on on television, maybe more. Um, Cool looking. I, I don't know, but uh I I I personally feel like he's just a very average wrestler.
1: Like in hindsight, now that WrestleMania has happened, like the story started as Kurt Angle, Drew McIntyre. This would have been a much better program for Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania.
0: Uh in hindsight, sure. Yeah. Maybe that was maybe perhaps that was the plan before
1: Roman. I'm not sure. I think it has to have been. Like that clearly I mean, that was the guy who laid out Kurt Angle and beat him with the ankle lock and seemed to be where things were going. Kurt Angle's music plays, and he comes out. What happened to his farewell to Monday night? He found Monday night again. Yep, this was it. He says Corbin was the better man. His career's over, and Corbin's is just getting started. And he says, I want to wish you luck. And he shook hands and then says... Bad luck and hits the angle slam. I thought Foley was going to run in and he applies the ankle lock and Corbin just furiously taps. And I guess that was angle getting his, uh, his little moment before he was going to be sacrificed as music played and out came Lars Sullivan. He walks down the ring, gets in face to face with Kurt and he delivers the freak accident laying out Kurt and then proceeded to hit a diving headbutt off the top rope. And that is, in theory, the end of Kurt Angle and the beginning of Lars Sullivan as the new monster heel. And they were playing up next week's Superstar shakeup that uh, he could end up on Raw or SmackDown next week. But now he is the hot free agent to go after. So it looks like they are just going to rewind the clock and give this guy the monster push that he was scheduled to have back in January. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was a solid first segment for Lars. He felt like, um, I think just, you know, visually, of course, he, he's very intimidating. And I think, uh, is an it's enough to just like look at him and, and, uh, feel like he's something special at the end of this. I thought it was a solid first segment for him.
1: Yeah. They didn't give him his NXT entrance, which is a very, uh, kind of stylized entrance for him but um we'll see if the entrance follows him uh yeah i thought i thought it was a fine introduction if you've if you're going to use kurt for one more night they're just want to squeeze as much as they can out of kurt to get as much as they can for their uh, remaining talent so uh, i do feel that lars is going to be a massive heel moving forward and it'll, it'll be interesting to see the um where they align they, – they seem to be pushing a lot of heels at the moment, and I guess they'll be spread out over both shows. But you've got uh, – not beyond Baron Corbin, but you have Drew McIntyre. You have – um, I, I guess those are kind of the the big three of where they place all of these guys. And maybe Lars is going to get the Braun Strowman treatment where he just kills guys for a number of months before he gets into a upper echelon on the show. Mm-hmm. They plug the superstar shakeup. It's next week in Montreal, and that takes us to Alexa Bliss versus Bailey. Very quick match. Uh Bailey flew into the corner with his sunset flip power bomb, and she sent both herself and Bliss into the corner. And then Bliss caught her with a DDT after kicking Bailey on the floor and pinned Bailey in two forty six. This brought me back to their feud a few years ago. I I had almost completely forgotten about it, even. But um the San Jose loss for Bailey. This is your life. Oh yeah, of course. I felt uh, very um very short match. Um mm-hmm. I was kind of surprised by this this pairing, this outcome and Bailey being in such a uh kind of non important role on this show.
0: Yeah, I mean coming off of the Sasha Bailey tag team, it felt like there was uh, an upswing in momentum for the two of them. And that they were both getting, you know, going to get solid runs as tag team champions. I mean, seeing a result like this, it makes me wonder if that team's even going to be a thing anymore. Or are they, are are Sasha and Bayley just going to be split up with Bayley? I don't know. uh, Both of them kind of basically going back to the same spots that they were in before the tag team. Um, it, It was notable that I felt it was Alexa wrestling a lot more aggressively than perhaps I've seen. I had a huge moment of concern, though, when Bailey was going for that sunset flip powerbomb into the corner. Yeah. And Alexa, of course, with her, I mean, multiple concussion issues that have taken her out for such a long time, um, hitting, like, the back of her head right on the back of the turnbuckle. And I imagine, to some extent, that's how this move is supposed to look. But I also question, why do a move like this to somebody who has a pass with concussions like Alexa Bliss?
1: Yeah, and in a match that was just a total throwaway as well. Yeah,
0: she was like grabbing her head afterwards too. It could be selling, I'm not sure, but I I question that that choice.
1: There was a SmackDown promo. This was great. Throughout the night they were plugging tomorrow night on SmackDown, it's Kofi Kingston and New Day's championship celebration. And at one point Graves did note that championship celebration is contingent on Kofi winning tonight. <laughs> Well, but great. it was just, <laughs> like, no, no no reason at all for you to believe we're rewriting this show tomorrow do, night, folks. Do feel, We've produced the spot. Do you
0: feel like Kofi's appearance on this show was, it felt last minute to me, you know? Like, knowing that he was going to do a, a celebration scheduled for Tuesday, and how traditionally, like, the, the SmackDown champion stays on SmackDown and doesn't really, well, wrestle in the main event on Raw. Do you feel like he was figured in maybe last minute?
1: It it did feel like – I can imagine – I I don't know this for a fact, but let's just say that Ronda Rousey was scheduled for something important on this show and she was taken out. It's like you've got no Ronda on this show, no Brock. Uh, Roman Reigns wasn't on this show, although Roman was there. I guess they could have used him. I I assume they just they wanted something notable. And I guess they figured who was the biggest star coming off of WrestleMania? It's Kofi. He's here in town. He's not doing anything. Let's use this big star on Raw. But I agree with you. I, 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 unless you are going to do something with him and Rollins, like it didn't feel like it was a very uh, big role on the show. It just seemed like it was plugging in a hole to uh, kind of exactly what they did at Access as well. We don't have this. So we got Kofi. I do think, though, you know, in, in the end, it was,
0: it was beneficial for somebody like Kofi to help him establish in front of an audience that might not necessarily watch SmackDown. But would. he too. was more
1: over than Rollins. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. In front of this crowd, it's it good to have that. Um, then they showed all these headlines from WrestleMania, all the mainstream outlets. My favorite was, like, they had The Washington Post. They had Yahoo. And then they had Fox News uh, reporting on Dave Bautista's retirement. Becky Lynch came out to start the second hour and she mentions how she used to work at a bar nearby and she's really trying to get over Becky two belts as a future shirt and nickname. She referred to Ronnie and Rick's daughter and says that the woman that came in with nothing left with everything at WrestleMania. The audience was humming her song, chanting you're the man. It was a very hot crowd for Becky Lynch She says she will be here waiting when Rousey is done sulking and she expects the McMahons to hand Charlotte the tag titles to get over losing. And she knows she's a targeted woman, but she's ready to knock all of their heads off. And that appeared to be the end of the segment and not a whole lot for Becky to do. And then Lacey Evans walked out and she walked down the ramp. Becky is there to meet her. They have a face off and Evans hits her with the woman's right. And Becky fights back. They had this very physical brawl up the ramp, and at one point Becky went for the disarmer on the stage, and Lacey was able to escape. But this was a very physical brawl, um, yeah. And seems to be Becky's program a big start for Lacey Evans
0: last night on the on the review. I I, I, I talked about you know Lacey Evans continually doing the, this this uh, walkway ramp and then returning for like three four months now. And I question whether or not when she finally did something, it would receive a big reaction. Um, It did receive a a reaction. I mean, she was punching Becky Lynch. But I feel like this would have had the same reaction had she debuted tonight, not wasted everybody's time for the past four months doing these meaningless walkouts. I think the plan to, to, to use that all as a precursor for this moment made no difference whatsoever. But her punching Becky Lynch you know, sends a big statement that, hey, this is a person that we see as a main eventer and we're going to uh, put her up there immediately as the first opponent for Becky uh, in, in her double championship reign. Um Doesn't excite me that much, to be quite honest with you. I think Becky, if we're moving on from Charlotte and Ronda, she needs opponents that are at that level, like opponents that are either can really go in the ring um, or opponents that just seem to excite interest. I'm talking people like sasha banks people like you know even doing the program again with asuka if they choose to reignite asuka but um you know maybe prove me wrong i mean maybe they could have some special chemistry but in ring i'm not as interested
1: yeah i i did like this brawl though i thought i thought there was a lot of intensity to it more so than a lot of these pull-apart brawls that that lack that so i thought that was at least good in this segment Ricochet and Alistair Black versus Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. Uh this is this was a first. We pretty much got a heel turn in the insert promo. They pretty much just announced uh we're gonna start doing things a lot differently now, and we're gonna win by any means necessary. We're we've, bad guys now.
0: We've had less. You know, we've had people just turn off screen.
1: Yeah, I guess at least this was a heads up to everybody. Yeah. Hey. This is who. This is what we're doing now. If you question like ruined.
0: ten people, I don't think people would be able to tell you whether or not they were heels or babyfaces to start with. Anyway,
1: uh, this also marked the end of Aleister Black's entrance. No longer does he do the uh, like the the rise from the dead on the board. Uh, instead, he just like rose up from under the stage. Yeah,
0: I mean, I I saw somebody like post this. Do we know that it wasn't because? the thing didn't work and he improvised or or did you feel like this was intentional
1: it looked like the the setup um yeah i don't know we'll see if yeah. it returns yeah we'll we'll see um good good safe though if it is uh,
0: if it was unintentional
1: it like it looked like he like rose up on like a riser or something i think he just like threw it up Mm, it, could, it could have been that. Like, there was like smoke filled. So it's, it was kind of hard to see. uh So Ricochet hit a, a moonsault off the turnbuckle to the floor, went for a dive, but Rude pulled down the rope, which sent Ricochet crashing down. Gables got the advantage after the commercial. Then Black and Rude come in. Black hit a big quebrada. um Black looked really good here, just with his strikes and in there with two really talented guys as well. uh Then behind the referee's back, uh, Rude got shoved. And or sorry, Rude and Gable uh, took advantage of Ricochet, shoving him behind the referee's back. They hit the neckbreaker moonsault combination, and then Black threw Rude and himself through the ropes to the floor. Did you see this? Um, he took yeah. Rude and he threw him to the floor. But in throwing him, he himself went through the ropes and landed down on the floor. You have to watch this to see. Um, the physics involved in this that Black pretty much like threw himself down to the floor. Okay. It was very awkward looking. And then Gable got hit by the code breaker by Ricochet and Ricochet pinned Gable. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, guess they're not giving Chris Jericho guests on his podcast and they're taking his finisher.
0: Everybody does that move now, don't they?
1: Well, Don Callis is a, just... Uh, pin Kenny Omega with it. So I guess it's uh everyone's yeah. trying to break the code. So uh yeah I thought I thought In
0: Ring it was it was fine. I think Ricochet and Alistair Black are always great. Chad Gable is great. Bobby Root's good too even In Ring it's fine. I just uh I think Chad Gable and Bobby Root are such a boring team uh in terms of character. No chemistry in my opinion as characters. No real idea what's even behind the the gimmick other than, you know um, Chad Gable really admiring uh, the robes and um, them loving their catchphrase. Um, I'm curious to see what angle they have for this heel run. If they can address a lot of these issues. If they're simply going to be bad guys now with the same boring, shitty gimmick. I I can't say I'm going to be that interested.
1: What if they, before their matches, they have different Snickers bars each week and they have a different mood? Yeah. No. Doesn't work for you. Okay. Well, we'll see where this turn goes for them. Maybe it'll give them some more um, speaking time or some depth to their characters. They recapped Cena's attack on uh, Elias and referring to him as the Babe Ruth of the WWE, which sounds like that's going to be the new title for John Cena. And Elias was backstage. What idea is that? Oh, my God. Um, well, after Snickers, it is. Is the Mars Corporation, do they also uh, have those, uh, the Babe Ruth bars? Baby Ruth?
0: Baby Ruth. I
1: don't know. I don't think. I don't even know if those exist still.
0: I don't think this is a ploy to sell chocolate bars. I think it's just. No, I don't think it is. I think it's just a pop culture reference from the mind of a very, very old man uh, who thinks calling John Cena the Babe Ruth of professional wrestling is somehow a great way to attract the younger audience. What?
1: Well um yeah I I don't know about the the marketing campaign here. And no and no Cena either on this. There were like a lot of like a very big drop off like outside of like Becky, Rollins and Kofi. Like it just felt like the major stars were all they've either gone home or they're just not on the I show. I mean
0: let's remember everybody this is the raw after WrestleMania. They've made TV specials about episodes like this. And up until this point, and beyond it, Lars Sullivan, Lacey Evans, what other surprises have we had?
1: Yeah, so far. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. it' have been... You know, it just... It really felt like any other Raw. Yeah. Up until this point. So Elias is saying he was going to have the greatest performance ever, and then Cena ruined it with his rap music. He can do that stuff in his sleep. Tonight, he'll perform his rock opera and show no mercy for anyone that interrupts him. And if they do, they'll have hell to pay, regardless if it's a legend, Hall of Famer, NXT call-up, or Mr. McMahon himself. Hold on a second. Do we not talk about uh, Lashley? And- that's next. Oh. Oh. Okay. Sorry. Lashley? Ambrose. Um. Yeah, that's still to come. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. We're not there yet. Um. So anyway, Elias cut this promo uh, backstage, and then we had this vignette with a cardboard box, and there was smoke coming out of this box, and then this creature pops out of the box, and it's Bray Wyatt laughing, which Michael Cole ended by asking, what the hell is that?
0: Yeah. Um, you, like, for people who just listen to the reviews and don't watch it, you have to at least see a still shot of what this creature looks like that's coming out of the box. They shoot the whole thing as if it's, like, you know, very kind of creepy, scary. And then what comes out looks like, like, a
1: Pokemon. It's a puppet. But it's, uh, what would you describe it? Like it's, a,
0: uh, like a, like a, like a molded Pokemon Halloween costume. It was like cartoonish, I would say. I think the idea is that it's like, uh, maybe it's a buzzard, like a shitty cartoon horror version of a buzzard. Um, it looked like the gobbledygooker, but like, um, like a Michael Bay version, like, uh, you know, taking a cartoon and turning into
1: like this. This is probably going to have a lot of, um, curiosity until this new character is revealed. Maybe he will wrestle as this
0: thing. Can only
1: hope. So they promoted uh, online and on the show Dean Ambrose's final match in WWE. So he comes out for this match with Bobby Lashley. And Lashley comes out with Leo Rush. And Lashley says that when Dean is gone, he'll make sure to take care of his wife for him. And Dean attacks him on the floor. Renee asks, what does that mean? And Cole says, it's mind games. Mm Mm-hmm. Mind games. They fought on the ramp. The bell has not rung. Renee says Lashley needs to keep her name out of his mouth, which in fairness, he never actually said her name. Dean clears off the announcer's desk. Leo Rush runs away, but in the uh, distraction, Lashley spears Dean on the stage and then puts him through the table Renee goes to check on Dean. She's calling for help. The crowd is chanting, thank you, Ambrose, as he's laying there dead. And Renee would leave commentary briefly uh, to tend to Dean, who was ushered off. And this was it. This was the end of Dean Ambrose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was almost a little
0: bit surprised that they would even you know, have Ambr- Ambrose on the show rather than just have him be, be forgotten. But uh, perhaps promoting one last segment with his last match, uh, I wonder how it did. No match at all. Um, laid laid him out. There's a lot of reference to Renee, of course. Uh, how will they follow up on that? You know, did they just do this for this night, or is Renee and La- is and Lashley going to be something later?
1: Yeah, I mean, by the end of this, like you almost feel that there's like this feud between Bobby Lashley and Renee that. Mm-hmm. Bobby Lashley has taken out her husband, even though it was promoted as his last match. It's not like he he's not. injured him, and that's the reason he's gone. Right.
0: But it, I don't know how they're going to to do a feud like that. Other than, I guess, maybe Roman, you know, defending Renee for his, for his friend. It makes Ambrose look really shitty to just leave while his wife is, like, in the midst of all this, though. They never did give a reason for Ambrose leaving. It's just Dean Ambrose's last match in WWE. Yeah. He um,
1: he can't move any longer. Lashley crippled him. I do feel, you, I think you're right. I think they will go with Reigns. Yeah, I mean, oh God. I don't look forward to that. And then Sami Zayn's walking backstage and they say he's returning next. Yep. Big comeback. We come back from break. And we're staring at the back of Mojo Rawley's head, and he's staring into a mirror, pretty much yelling at himself for not being at WrestleMania. And he's got these blue veins drawn onto the side of his head like Luna Vachon. Mm-hmm. And Michael Cole says he has an image problem. Man, <sighs> this or the Lacey Evans walk down the rampway. What? What are the more? unending series of segments that are – I mean, at least these ones disappear for a couple of weeks, and then they bring them back. They're not doing them every single week. Yeah. He's also out of a room. He's out of the dark room. He's out into the light now, so he's made some progress. Um, Uh, He's got, like, some virus going on in his facial area. I thought when Mojo started these uh, vignettes, I actually –
0: enjoyed them and I was looking forward to see where they would end up because I thought mojo you know has real like he's he's I think he's got he's a talented promo uh and this was like a way for him to kind of sh- show show it but uh they just kept going and going and going without any evolution whatsoever I guess the biggest change was he cracked the mirror one week huge huge uh uh development in this story and this week <laughs> He extended the crack. He traced the cracks across his eyes. So it's taken this man five months to 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 this point in this storyline, and I don't know where it's ending. Um, tr- certainly drawing makeup on your face is not wor- what I expected. Um, I don't think it's a way to make this supposedly very serious edge to this character feel serious. It comes across more like. Um,
1: like a 90s cartoonish thing. I just think it's unfortunate that he just now broke a mirror because he signed with this company in 2012, so he's just had seven years of bad luck, and now this. Oh, yeah, wow. Seven more years, then. <laughs> At this rate, that might be accurate. Sami Zayn comes out. And the crowd is cheering for him. They're singing Olay. When was the last time he, uh, Mojo even had a match? Oh, I could look it up uh, while we go into this next segment. It's, I, it's been a long time. If, if I was him and you're just flying me to all these places, I'd be like, can we just film like 13 of these and just let me know when you're ready to do something? Because I don't need to be getting in a plane every week. Yeah. But he, he gets paid for doing these. This is his job. Yeah, I'm job, just saying man. from a practical standpoint. I mean, you could you could just bulk shoot them. It's like then other people have to be that you're paying are being. I don't know. It just seems uh, what a, what an expense.
0: Yeah, I I just I just want some development in this character. Something that will eventually lead to a match. Hopefully, you know, after Mania, it'll we'll get to that point. But we've also seen this so much now that they've stopped become becoming anything interesting and more of a joke
1: we we'll after they do the shakeup, like typically they'll earmark two or three guys on each brand that they're going to give either a revitalized push to or begin a push. So we'll see if Mojo Rawley falls into that category and, you know, get like what big Cass got last year where it ultimately didn't pan out for him, but there was that period after WrestleMania that they, uh, they brought him back the night after WrestleMania and he got one of those post WrestleMania pushes and, Perhaps this would signal that Mojo could be one of those guys. He could, but I mean, do you think the audience would give a shit? It'll depend how he how how well he performs. I mean,
0: I'm just saying. Like, yeah. I think these these little mirror vignettes have they've really kind of beaten. Like, they start to me they started off pretty interesting, but they it, it just it's
1: nothing now. Who will be further ahead by the summer on either brand? mojo raleigh or ec3 i'm gonna say ec3 um he'll probably
0: get some matches on main event um mojo i'm not sure maybe house shows i'm not sure maybe a
1: tag team zane yeah you could you could put him in a tag team um zane is out he says his schedule is wide open he'd like to have a match and that challenge was answered by Finn Balor, who decided to put his intercontinental title on the line. And they, uh, during this time, Renee returned to the broadcast. I thought at the very least, she could have just been off for the rest of the show. But she left for a segment. He's okay now. He's I guess out so. of the WWE. Well, they asked her, and she said she didn't want to talk about it.
0: Okay. So
1: it couldn't have been that that safe. I mean, if he was fine, why wouldn't she share that? Mm. they explain that Sami Zayn is trying to get his win back because he's been out for so long and this is a big test against Finn Balor Balor worked on the shoulder they explain Zayn's coming back from double shoulder surgery hit him with a basement drop kick foot stomp they went through the commercial break Zayn hit a blue thunder bomb for a two count and then missed with the haluva kick and Balor hit the coup de grace won this match in 12 minutes and 19 seconds uh, but this was more so for the post match than it was the actual match. Um, how did you find Zane looked here with Balor? It looked like a good
0: match, like reminiscent of, of something from both of their uh uh NXT days, but I couldn't really get a great gauge of it because like it would kind of be, you know, in first gear, then we'd like go to commercial break and then we would come back and like the signings would be going crazy for it. So I probably missed like a great chunk of like really interesting good stuff that um took this crowd to another level. So I can't really say without being there. I felt Zane looked good. I don't think as good, obviously, as maybe, uh, you know, him in his uh, prime coming back from double shoulder surgery. That sounds horrifying. Um, he also looks maybe a little bit bigger, like a like thicker. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yep. New haircut, which I think, you know, having a new haircut for a new character is a good thing. At the same time, it, it it's sort of a haircut that makes him look a little bit more generic, but maybe he'll grow into it.
1: Generico. (laughs) Yes. Zane gets on the microphone. He's very frustrated, but the fans are cheering him. He said, tonight only reinforced what I've thought for the last nine months, that you people miss me. But honestly, I did not miss any of you or any of this. He says that WWE is a super toxic environment because of you, the people, and your ugliness. He lives a meaningful life. You people live an empty one that has no meaning. All you get joy out of is being critics that judge everyone except for yourselves. None of you have the balls to look inside of yourself. You're all delusional. And he mocks them, calling the evil overlords of the WWE, and says that the right thing to do is to hold the fans accountable because no one else will see you in hell. Which was not the nicest thing to say about his hometown next week. <laughs> and he left. Yeah. I thought this was a really good promo from him. I kind of I like where this character is going. Yeah. The guy who just hates the fans and is a character that you will get fans to really boo this guy. He so a, he I, a... I thought this
0: was really good. Yeah, he got a promo on us. Cutting a promo on critics. Um, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. I mean, I thought in ring, he, you know, Sami Zayn is fantastic. But I think what really sets him apart is when he speaks. Because
1: um, to me, like, it, it's he seems special. This is the first time he's felt like he could have something to really sink his teeth into in a long time. Like, this yeah. has some potential to it.
0: Well, we'll see the follow-up, you know. Like, this could just be a great first week. And if there's no storyline coming out of it, then it's just... It's going to be wasted, isn't it? But, you know, in terms of what the storyline could be, is it just him against the fans or do you think there's something more complex than that?
1: I think that that's where it should start. I I think it's a really good um, direction to go where you are going against your ardent fan base. And I think it it works very well. Like this could be a title program with Seth Rollins. Um, You know, you could – Pick your baby then, face. Then, then, um, then
0: but, Ant- tell me why he started off his return with a loss to Finn Balor.
1: Well, I I, I wasn't the biggest fan of the, the reintroduction, but it was... What was the point I, of I that? It was, what was the point of that? The man The man comes back out, loses to Finn Balor, then continues to cut a promo on the audience. Well, I would have done it this way. I would have just had Dane cut this promo on, on him. Uh, I think that you could have had him come back here and almost do like just a nothing return. And then next week – see, the other thing is you've brought him back. He's going to be gigantic babyface next week. So that is a very difficult uh, follow-up to do something with him next week. I guess you can get creative. Yeah, I think um, he'll be
0: able to cut a promo on Montreal that will set Montreal off. I look forward to
1: – I'm moving to – I don't know if people will take that as authentic I'm moving like, to- That to me is almost like it's just – it would be like Bret Hart cutting a promo on Canada that it's just I don't know if people will take it or not like Zayn and Owens are really really over in Montreal like they are like local celebrities there um I think so anyway think he could do it we'll see it's it's kind of interesting but i I really liked this first week I thought it was good I did too Sarah Schreiber, who's been an nXT interviewer is this the first time she's been on the main roster? I'm not sure. She might have been a call-up. She interviews Dana Brooke, who congratulates Becky Lynch on becoming the new Raw and SmackDown champion. The champ champ. I hate that term, by the way. The champ champ. Who started it? It's, oh, it started with Conor McGregor. And now it's it's permeated from MMA to pro wrestling. Mm. I just... I hate that line. She says there's a line forming after Lacey Evans of women that want to challenge Becky... And she may not be in the front of the line, but she's also not in the back of the line anymore. And she will seize that moment if there is a chance. So on this night, when they needed someone to lose to Alexa Bliss in three minutes, they opted for Bailey over Dana Brooke. So I think that's kind of telling.
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought it was telling from the Battle Royal last night when they gave quite a bit of focus on Dana Brooke as uh, one of the, you know, somebody who uh, is to look out for. So this looks like another attempt to push Dana in a more serious light. Uh man, this promo though, I I I thought it was just really this dry. is the epitome of memorization. Yeah, dry rehearsed, and, and by the end, kind of felt even a little bit
1: weird. So I I didn't think it was that great. Elias came out. He said that Cena ruined his second WrestleMania in a row, so he's the new Pete Rose, and he won't be that won't be the case next year. They were subjected to the Doctor of Thugonomics. Cena's no musician or artist he's a fake humble piece of garbage riding his coattails. So Elias has come up with his own rap. He holds up his three fingers and says the middle one is for John Cena. very very edgy. The middle finger he knows all the people are are a fan and the next one to interrupt him is a dead man. So connect the dots. The Undertaker's music hits, and everyone goes nuts, and there was a great shot of Elias and his eyes just bursting as Taker's music hit. So the Undertaker comes out. It's a thunderous reaction. He enters the ring, and Elias goes to leave, but he stays in the ring. They're chanting for the Undertaker. Elias just stands there. He goes to attack, and he's hit with a big boot, and then Elias takes a chokeslam and a tombstone, and Taker just put the hands on top of the chest crowd counted three and the undertaker uh who has lost a lot of weight um he's also losing his hair uh made his his cameo here on raw yes he has yeah i mean although with the undertaker i feel like he can get away
0: with looking really old because he's supposed to be dead anyway um i
1: certainly the hair's going white though like that's uh I, and he's not dying it i think he's just he's just giving in yeah He should, I think he should, we're going to see,
0: I I have no doubt, an Undertaker do this entrance at the age of 70, coming out like the Crib Keeper, Um, and that's, it'll be fine, because as long as he can walk, he can be the Undertaker, okay? The man doesn't even have to walk fast, as long as you can- Oh, he he did not. Yeah, as long as he can carry his body weight with one foot and then the other foot, and do it within the span of 10 minutes, he will still be the Undertaker, and we will still have Undertaker appearances. Because that's all that's required. That's all the people want. They want to hear the music. They want to see the, the the thunder. They want to see this guy in a hat and a trench coat walk down the ring. That's it. I could have even done without like a Tombstone or Chokeslam. It was fine. So I'm yeah. glad they put this on Raw, not on that bloated edition of, of uh, WrestleMania anyway. Certainly, you know... This entrance is is way more spectacular in a stadium setting. But come on, like at this point, he doesn't have any upside other than this, and I would just save it as as a raw special. Sure, why not?
1: Even though t- he's so synonymous with that show,
0: sure, why not? I just think we have to move on. Like this is a show that's already bloated, and I'm lo- already looking at last night's card, thinking about what was unnecessary, and there was a lot of necessary that you could have cut to make for a better uh thing. Yeah, like if Undertaker showed up. It would have made for a very nice, memorable moment on the show. At the same time, let's create more memorable, like, you know, uh, tropes that we can use to attach to WrestleMania rather than having to rely on this one for the past 30 years.
1: Yeah, this got over really well. I mean, Taker got an even bigger reaction than Kofi. And I think those are the two biggest reactions of the night. He was
0: unexpected, you know? Yep. Yeah. So Do you, uh, by uh, the way, um, I'm I'm kind of following some of this. I didn't take very detailed notes, so I'm kind of following some of this through WWE.com's recaps. Do you want a sampling of the way they write these? Yes. Even the most strident of Elias Doubters has to feel for him after two years of near constant interruptions, but he objectively asked for this one. Having set aside some time to perform the rock opera that the Doctor of Thugnomics clowned at WrestleMania, the living truth ominously warned the, the Elias that's Elias, by the way, the living truth. Yes, the living truth ominously warned during an oddly impressive freestyle, no less that the next person who interrupted him would be a dead man. And just such a man answered the call as if summoned by the living truth's ill-advised trash talk. The undertaker emerged from whatever hereafter he's been lurking in to step to the guitarist. Elias didn't back down from the dead man, though he might've been better off getting out while he was getting while the getting was good. He was met with a swift boot to the face when he attempted to charge the last outlaw and a chokeslam tombstone combo spelled the end of this performance. I had no idea any of these nicknames. And this is like the same type of writing where we got the dreadlock dynamo. (laughs) Yeah, that really didn't take off last week, did it? So who's like, I mean, these are official nicknames.
1: The living uh, truth. I don't know, maybe there's just uh, they, they try some out, maybe the, the website is like the focus group to see how they respond they really realized that uh, uh, Dreadlock Dynamo didn't test well. Yeah, there really is like an art to, to writing in this style Maybe you should try it next week, that should be your, your report, I'll just throw it at you for your interpretation. I can't think of enough nicknames, I'm not that good Seth Rollins versus Kofi Kingston, winner take all both came out uh, Rollins scaled to the top as Kingston was climbing and Rollins got knocked down to the floor. So Kingston went for a dive, but in ran the bar. Um, they did go to a commercial break. Um, like this couldn't have been more than six or seven minutes. They run in, they attack both men for the DQ and, uh, or they attack Kofi. And then Rollins came in to help Kofi. They cleared the ring. And in this monumental match where Seth has the opportunity to do what he just did the last night, become not just the world champion, the double champion, he says to Kofi, we'll finish this some other time. I want a tag match. And the crowd said, really? Because we think this is bullshit. And that's – they proceeded to chant, followed by just hating this final match. There were – well, we'll get into the chants that came after – I just thought this was really, if you're going to promote something, it just, I don't know. It was just so transparent what this was. And we're not even going to bother with any kind of substantive match. Very lazy, a very lazy attempt. I mean, even
0: if you're going to do a bait and switch, I feel like there's an art to some of those that I can respect. There is really nothing here. We're going to give you this monumental classic matchup between these two very, uh, these two champions. You're going to witness history tonight. Oh, we got to run in from a random tag team from this other show. That's, no explanation whatsoever why they're even on raw and we're going to make a tag team and you're going to like it because you guys are, uh, idiots. And, um, for a a raw, like I think for a typical, like, I don't know, non important edition of raw, this would have been fine. But on a raw after WrestleMania, a raw after WrestleMania that you've again, made documentaries to promote the importance of and a crowd that I think is very, can be very hostile and, and, and very, um, uh hard to please with their expectations. This was simply not good enough. And that's when I mean I'm watching online videos now of like beach balls that are coming out, chance for AEW, chance for CM Punk. Um I don't blame them. Like this has been a very uneventful edition of the show.
1: Yeah, I thought at the very least you should have had like a hot match between these two. And then the heat is that the bar ruins it, which is still going to get a negative reaction. But at least at the end of it, fans really want to see this match again between Rollins and Kingston. Uh, I don't think you even wanted that at the end. It wasn't even though the the match was the, like this great match that was ruined. It like barely got going. No, yeah. So I think it just kind of, yeah, it just made the this title versus title thing not even important. It was never meant to be. So we got the tag match, and yeah, it was pretty much the crowd just was like, well, if that's what you're going to give us, this is what we're going to give you. And they paid very little attention to the match. They were more focused on what was going on in the arena. There were the chants that Wade brought up. Uh, Kingston went for his trust fall to the floor but was caught by the bar, and then Rollins landed a suicide dive, taking them out. There was a double-team white noise onto Kingston. Sheamus got run into the post. Cesaro went for the swing, which was countered into a cradle. And then Kingston hit the trouble in paradise onto Cesaro. Rollins with the stomp and pinned Cesaro. And it ended with Rollins and Kingston standing in the ring. And they fist bumped while Graves called it the dawn of a new era. And that's how Raw ended. Mm-hmm. A tag team victory. Yeah, I mean, the match itself
0: is good, but um, this was not really an audience that I think was simply no, satisfied. They were checked
1: out by the time they realized that they had been had for three hours with this tease and they weren't getting that. So yeah. they were kind of checked out of the show.
0: Even if this was a good match, this was not the match that they were promised, you know, and this was a very unnewsworthy edition of the Raw after WrestleMania. No real big climactic moments other than. The Undertaker, I would say, perhaps for many people, the high point of the show. Um, But beyond that, the return of Sami Zayn, who, let's be honest, like kind of left as like a low mid-carder, Lars Sullivan, who was fine, whatever, Uh, Lacey Evans. What else, John? What am I missing? That was like mind-blowing. Like Sarah Schreiber,
1: Aleister Black's new entrance. (laughs) Who's Sarah Schreiber? The backstage interviewer. Oh, (laughs) <laughs> yeah i could well the, yeah sorry in ferris the audience did get something afterwards uh that we can discuss because uh with uh yeah sorry there's, a, there's a, a goodbye speech from the shield yeah dean ambrose came out and so did roman reigns so they did one final fisting in the ring they went over past memories in the barclay center this is where they debuted uh not debuted um but where they had that that big TLC match, which was their first major match together, um, back in 2012 at the TLC show, and other memories from the Barclays Center. So yeah, you got Dean Ambrose's send off. Why not put so that, that was on something... TV? I don't think they wanted to make Dean Ambrose the sympathetic figure that uh, you're calling attention that he's leaving. They did that. Um, they did
0: that exact same thing with with Lashley laying him
1: out and his wife grieving for him. Well, in that way, you're you're putting the heat on someone. I, I think that, you know, you could have done the, the send-off on TV. I, I think you could have done it. I think everyone knows the deal. Why not capitalize off of it?
0: Yeah, I mean, whatever. Okay, fine. Yeah, I thought this was a shitty edition of the Raw after WrestleMania.
1: I, I, I think if you're judging it by that. Yeah, it was just, to me, it was a show, like. They've introduced some returning and new characters uh, to try and get them going. You also had the Bray Wyatt thing in there too. Oh so my god! Yeah, that. that
0: was amazing.
1: <laughs> well, I'm just saying there are uh, a lot of stuff thrown at the wall on this show, and we'll see if it sticks uh, a month from now. But I'm with you. I thought that this was, um, yeah, you're 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 judging this on past Raws after WrestleMania, and this one kind of felt uh, a flatter one. Let's go to feedback. All right. Uh, do you want to start us off? Well, this, uh, our board voted
0: this, on. Do you have a guess? Mm, I'm going to go four. 5.58. Okay. Burak. So, gets a pass. Burak from St. Albans in the UK. I was in the crowd. The final segment was utter dog shit. Rollins has now brought out Roman Reigns for the feel-good moment, and now they're going to bring out Dean to do the same fist bump like they like to ram down our throats. Okay. Um... I don't blame the crowd for turning. I'm off to get drunk, smash some pizza, and swipe on Tinder.
1: All right. Jalen from Pickering, the company never learns. Surprise, no Roman on the show. I was actually suspecting that uh, Undisputed Era would ruin the final match since they mentioned that The Shield and New Day were in the back. Raw after Mania has no spark anymore, and I don't know how it can when the crowd just watched wrestling for eight hours the night before. I mean,
0: that certainly has you know maybe some uh, bearing on on on, but I don't think it 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 the crowd was like um, affected by, by that as much as
1: cause, uh, they were there to have a hot show. Yeah, uh, they they reacted big when there were big things. I feel like um, you're ex- just fleeting for me.
0: Like the expectation on a raw after WrestleMania is debuts, like NXT call ups, big surprises, maybe like good promos. I I'm not really as you know curious about uh classic 10 15 minute matchups as you know that which is what I think the night prior was trying to achieve we got an evil who says so I understand that they couldn't start too many new storylines because they need to wait for the shakeup. but damn a lot of stuff made no sense the Seth Kofi open and Becky Lynch's segment were fine but everything else sucked why did Corbin take a beating from Angle Bailey was being built back up with the tag belts, but now she's getting fed to Alexa to heat her up. They could have canceled that robotic segment between Dana 1 and Dana 2 and fed them both to Alexa instead. The Revival are dead, <laughs> Elias is dead, and I don't know about you guys, but I'm tired of Dusty Undertaker. Sami Zayn's post-match promo was bad and another waste of a return.
1: I didn't mind the promo uh, from Sami Zayn. He's, he's going to read this piece of feedback on TV next week. Yeah, you critics. Sean from Toronto, it may have been special in the past, but Raw After Mania is now little more than a hashtag. The only true surprise for me on the show was Lars Sullivan finally making his long-delayed main roster debut at the expense of Kurt Angle. Sami Zayn will be back in the mid-card in no time, and Undertaker looks more haggard each time he continues to ruin his send-off from two years ago. Finally, the less said of the poor logic of throwing Lacey Evans into a title program before having a singles match, the better. Paul from
0: New Jersey, I'd like to start off by saying thank you, gentlemen, for a wonderful show on on Broadway yesterday. You guys were funny, intelligent, and made so much time for everyone. I approached the one and only John Pollock wearing an iconic shirt and uttered the words, Ultimate Thrill Ride. The cheat code still works, ladies and gentlemen. As for Raw, I was told last week... Well, thank you, first of all, Paul. It was great meeting you, and thank you for giving John a hug. As for Raw, I was told last week Kurt Angle was making his last ever Monday Night Raw appearance. I guess they forgot to lock the door. I didn't need to see Ambrose and Lashley, and I didn't like how much offense Lacey Evans got on Becky. From what I've seen of Evans, I find her to be a bit sloppy, and I'm just not into it. I'm willing to be patient, but I think somebody of a higher stature should be Becky's first feud as champion. Kind of a lackluster Raw after Mania this year, but I loved last night and always look forward to SmackDown more anyway.
1: I would say that if, you know, if, if in fact that's the program you're going with, you do have to give Lacey Evans, you know, the, the advantage in these segments. You have to... Put the heat on her to establish her for this program for Becky to get the better of Lacey Evans, I think would be counterproductive. You can disagree with the direction. But once you're committed to that direction, you do need to get Lacey Evans up to that level. Yes, I agree. Uh, Prakash from Michigan was tonight the first time that Cole distinctly referred to Dean Ambrose as Renee's husband. He said it twice tonight. Also, the first time she left the desk to go check on Dean after he took a beatdown. I took it as an indication that Dean is not leaving and there will be a new angle involving Renee, or am I reading too much into this? The show uh, as the whole was kind of meh. There was nothing and that served as a memorable moment for me, although nothing really that I absolutely hated either. Any official word on Ronda Rousey and AJ Styles' injuries? Five Undertaker tombstones out of ten. Well, we recap that in the news. Um... No, I don't believe that this is a sign that Dean is sticking around to do an angle. In fact, the complete opposite. Uh, But Renee being involved in an angle, that was teased. Mm -hmm. We go to Guillaume from Quebec City. What a lackluster raw
0: after mania. As soon as the main event was announced, I was hoping for the Undisputed Era to interfere in a big way since every wrestling fan knew that the match would end in a DQ finish. But we got the mid-level team that got pinned yesterday instead. What a disappointment. I got my tickets for both Raw and SmackDown this week. I will lower my expectations for the shows. At least they could have waited a little bit before the Sami Zayn heel turn. Whatever he says on the mic next week will be
1: cheered big time in Montreal. Okay. Tyler from Orlando. Just felt like a normal Raw, but with new champions now. Happy to see Lars back, but I don't expect he'll change the show. I'm actually excited to see Bray Wyatt come back. I just hope it's not silly and he doesn't get buried immediately. Yeah, I hope this isn't silly. (laughs) Final segment wasn't very good. I didn't want to see the titles unified, but they can't tease it just to lead to a tag match against the Bar. Thanks for all the live coverage this week, guys. Well, thank you, Tyler, for listening.
0: Gerard says I haven't watched Raw in a while and up until the main event I thought this was pretty good and maybe they will gain some momentum coming out about Wrestlemania then they blew it with the main event all of those AEW chants from the crowd were well deserved my other main issue with the show was not saving Sami Zayn's return for next week in Montreal where it would have received nuclear heat
1: uh, Suggs and Kenny from the UK Suggs. I'm sorry yes we met these guys at the uh, at the show on Sunday Sitting in McMahon's drowning our sorrows over a few beers. It went quicker than watching on TV, which was good. But when you're expecting the Raw after Mania, even though they had the number, it didn't deliver on any level. It was great to see Becky and Kofi. Oh, the hashtag. I'm sorry. Guys, I'm tapped out at the moment. It was great to see Becky and Kofi, even Taker. But I was in the Barclays Friday night and NXT pissed all over this. Thanks. What a weekend. Back to reality tomorrow.
0: Jake from Fort Wayne, the surprise Undertaker entrance was the best thing about this show to me and had my undivided attention. Swerving the viewers with the promise of a title versus title match, sticking around three hours to watch it, and then just throwing it away was a major turnoff. It doesn't make me dislike the bar for doing that because they had no reason, just makes me dislike the WWE for doing so without a reason being given. Beat up the bar and continue the match. 4 out of 10 show with the surprises, but take those away and this Raw was like a 2 out of 10 tonight.
1: Carl Jr. Not to be confused with Carl's Jr. First, what the hell is the deal with the evil sock puppet and with the superstar shakeup next week? What particular stars should SmackDown get and which stars should Raw get? The last time, it seemed it didn't turn out well for both rosters. Do you think they will get it right the second time around and maybe pull some more from NXT? Will
0: they pull more from NXT? Yeah, I could see I, a couple names. I mean, Lisa, uh, what is it? Kyrie Sane and
1: Candice LeRae were rumored today? I I really would not want to um, bring up both of them at the same time. Like, that NXT women's division, I, I think Candice LeRae could have... Like, she hasn't had much of a run in NXT as it yeah.
0: is. Yeah, I think Kyrie Sane would be fine. Candice, though, I think has really yet to establish an identity beyond Johnny Gargano's wife. And uh, I see her completely getting lost on the main roster, much in the same way somebody like Nikki Cross has.
1: Yeah. uh, In terms of uh, names going back and forth, um, you know, it's I'm expecting like a bunch of moves and we'll see kind of how they balance things out. I think that you could see, you know, they're really teasing like tag teams that could be broken up next week. Um, Yeah, maybe later this week, we'll kind of go over like maybe some, potential moves that would uh make sense for each roster they're very hard to predict but um because they're so so, some of them are just random it's it's just it's all over the place uh there isn't necessarily you know always the boat maybe what we there's a whole lot of forward thinking that you can make watching the show of where they're going to be moving certain talent
0: finally we go to mj from nj who says the wwe is a television product mj from nj who by the way got applause at the Broadway um, live in New York Q and a. Yeah. It was very popular. The, 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 The WWE is a television product and entertainment company. That was well, sorry, that was never. And that was never more evident than tonight. Titles are props and stars are just characters cycled in and out of spots where they can generate moments. One night after Mania, and I already see all three champions as slightly less than they were last night. And the overexposure and need to book ridiculous title versus title matches broken up by the bar is why nobody ever sticks as a mega star.
1: All right. Well, that wraps up the feedback. So thank you, everybody. That's all. Way, thanks as always. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, John, for um, the, all the right. travel.
0: Yes. And for having was, the webcam. Uh, it's been a...
1: Yeah, the webcam is here, safe and secure. I'm staring at it right now. Uh, Way and I will be back Tuesday night after SmackDown to chat about uh, their final night uh, at the Barclay Center in Brooklyn, and we'll see uh, what kind of show comes out of uh, Tuesday night as well. So thanks to everybody that we got to meet over the past couple of days uh, down in New York and New Jersey. And yeah, stay tuned to postwrestling.com, postwrestlingcafe.com, and we'll be back in 24 hours to do all of this fun all over again.